It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. First of all, I want to thank Lynn Kane for her service as a Marine, an EMS, and a firefighter. At times, it seemed that Lynn just couldn't get a break from her hardships, and then she shared with me, but do you know what the lemonade was from that? Wow, what a wonderful attitude. Lynn, thank you so much for being on A Quilter's Life today. I so appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Paula. I'm thrilled to be here. Let's begin with, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in upstate New York, about 30 minutes outside of the capital, Albany. And I continue to live in the same county, about 15 miles away from where I grew up. So the whole time, did you stay in that county or did you move around? After high school, I went into the Marine Corps, came back home, fluttered around as young people sometimes tend to do. But for the most part, I stayed in the county, just lived in different parts of it. (laughs) It's way out in the country. It's very nice. Do you have a special childhood memory? I'm the oldest of seven, and being raised in such a large family, we were fortunate to have wonderful traditions. And my very favorite childhood memory is during the holidays when we would get to decorate the family advent calendar. My mother had made the advent calendar in the local home bureau, and it was made of foam and felt, Christmas tree with little pockets, little tree ornaments. We got to put one ornament up a night. There were so many of us that you didn't get very many turns, but it was wonderful. After dinner, dishes done, lunch is made. We'd get to go into the dining room and get to put on the Christmas tree ornament. And when you pulled it out, you got to put the ornament anywhere you want. How fun. I'm just Mm -hmm. picturing that. You probably did that every year, but is it something you remember her bringing home or is it something was always there? I do remember her bringing it home and was very excited. I probably was... Oh, 10, maybe 11. At that point, all of my brothers weren't even born. (laughs) So with each addition, it meant we got fewer turns at (laughs) at the tree. And if we had a guest over, they got the night's ornament placement. So you'd lose your turn. But it was wonderful. When I became married, the very first thing I did was to make us an advent calendar. I wanted to continue that tradition. My sister had had the kids, so she got the original one. 
but I made a quilted one and I have it to this day. Oh, how nice. Let's talk about your employment over the years. Okay. I was in the Marine Corps. I came home a couple of years later. Had planned on making the Marine Corps a career and wasn't too sure what to do. I became an over-the-road tractor-trailer driver. <laughs> Eventually got working in construction and became a paralegal. And I specialized in construction. While I was working at a local construction company, the volunteer ambulance in town was looking for EMTs. And I was approached by one of their members. I became an EMT and I became a firefighter. And that wasn't enough. I was so excited. I ended up becoming an instructor for both. And 32 years later, I still enjoy teaching. You still do the instructor for the EMT yep. and firefighting? I sure do. Not so much the fire anymore, but I do several different levels of EMS. I'm also a national farm medic instructor. We teach how to rescue people that have become tangled in machines or caught in a position they need rescuing out on farms. Pretty exciting. Yeah. So, and about 16 years ago, I gave up the paralegal and became teaching full-time. That stayed that way until 2014. I had just started Puppy Girl Designs in 2014. Went to my first quilt market, credentialed in as a designer. Spoke about getting a book contract. I had one company in particular very excited about my patterns. Six months later, I had a stroke. Oh, no. 54. It was kind of a surprise. Mm -hmm. And then four months later, I had another one. So it took a while to recover. But it's during that recovery period that I really got into the design aspect. I had a lot of time to think and to draw and to doodle. And of course, the doodling was good for my therapy, my physical and occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. And I was going like gangbusters, having a wonderful time. And then teaching EMTs. Perfect life. Wow. November 11th, 2017, Veterans Day, I spent the day teaching at a local rescue squad. I had a blast. <laughs> they were so much fun. And it was a beautiful fall day, beautiful colors. And I was less than a mile from home when a gentleman hit me going 86 miles an hour. Oh, no. Hit me head on. He died before he hit me. That's what caused the accident. Oh. I'm lucky to have survived through it and am mostly recovered. But there was a lot of broken things. 
it took a while to get back to it. So now I'm on my way. How's that? Two years ago, I felt good. I went to a business conference. It's like somebody flipped the switch and I'm having a blast. Of course, 2020 was going to be my first year at market as a vendor. My book was coming out. Everything (laughs) was perfect. And then life stopped. Mm -hmm. I got COVID. Oh, no. I got COVID last January before it was known to actually be here. And I was very sick. And I've been left with a pulmonary disease, pulmonary fibrosis. But the lemonade that was made is, again, I had more time for designing. And I've gone in a couple of new directions. And now, get out of the way, world. I'm ready to rock. (laughs) I love your attitude. That's wonderful. I want to jump back to before you joined the Marines, Mm -hmm. trying to get in your head a little bit. What made you go on that avenue? My dad was a Navy man, very traditional Irish Catholic household. I wanted to go to college to study journalism. My parents insisted I learn secretarial skills and become a housewife. I joined the Marine Corps. (laughs) Was there for a couple of years and then came home and tried to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And then how did the door open for you to be a truck driver? (laughs) Well, I was dating a truck driver. And he had me come out on the road with him. Well, I liked that a lot. Eventually, I bought my own truck. I worked at a local publishing house first delivering for them and we're talking back 1980 there wasn't a lot of women truck drivers uh-uh. uh-uh and fresh out of the marine corps i was very enthusiastic and felt i had the world by the short string mm-hmm. there wasn't anything i couldn't do and away i went I guess I spent a better portion of my life doing non-traditional events and skills. The last thing in the world I wanted to do was to work in an office. I did do some secretarial work. And that's when I found that I enjoyed doing legal research. That's how I became a paralegal. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Had a wonderful, wonderful job at a local construction company. I was on the rescue squad and the fire company and was teaching at night. And then 9-11 happened. And the company closed two weeks later. Oh. Yeah. I opened my quilt shop seven months later. 
and I had my quilt shop for just under three years. Loved it. The only bad thing is I never got to sew for myself. I've heard Always. that from quilt shop owners. Yep. Always sewing a sample. I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't afford to do blocks of the month. So I had little make and take sessions, which the women out in the country thought was just wonderful. <laughs> I'd have soft drinks and coffees and snacks. and They'd sit and relax with their friends. And a couple hours later, they'd get to go home after their kids were in bed already. And it was a chance to have a good time. And I liked giving that. Went through a difficult divorce. I gave up the quilt shop. Puttered around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then figured out I really wanted to design. I started designing mostly because I was tired of the patterns that were out there. Hmm. When you were talking about your parents wanted you to do secretarial work, I was picturing... My mom really pushed me to take shorthand in high school. Yep. I'm wonderful at it to this day. I failed that class. It was a total foreign language. It's funny you should say that. I was at a meeting recently. I chair a couple of large organizations in the EMS world, and I was taking notes, and someone looked over and said, what the hell's that? (laughs) I said, it's shorthand. He said, what? And one of the guys across the way said, my God, you are old. (laughs) I said, well, you must be too if you know what it is. (laughs) They said, well, I'm older than you. I used to dictate to someone who did that. (laughs) And they all looked at me. I'm like, hello. (laughs) Yeah, I was very good as a secretary. I just hated the phrase yeah and even assistant it was like i'm better than that i belong being a boss (laughs) and most of it was tied back from the rebellion did my parents mean well sure but being the oldest of seven no no children (laughs) (laughs) didn't get married until my late 30s (laughs) you know No. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe my parents meant to give me the ability to help support a family. Yeah. Okay, sure. Wasn't on my list. I had a scholarship to St. John Fisher University. It's a Catholic university out in Rochester. And I was going with a journalism scholarship. I won a competition. 12 years old, six weeks, the PBS radio channel, WMHD, I did a program on classical music, chose a different composer each session and talked about them and their music. So I was like way ahead of my time. Wow. And yeah, my parents were just like, Bring it down to earth, girl. (laughs) So when I joined the Marine Corps, there was a little fussing. (laughs) And three of my brothers followed me. Three went into the Army. 
we were always a life of service. My mother asked me afterward, why the Marine Corps? It's the toughest one. Well, primarily because it was the toughest one to get into. But I had my lieutenant laughing when I told my mom. I said, well, the sharpest looking uniforms. And them dress blues are pretty snazzy. Quite the fashion plate. (laughs) (laughs) My mother just left the room with her mouth hanging open. The lieutenant looked at me and she said, Private Keene, that wasn't nice. I said, but it's true, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, I don't know why my parents kept having children after me. You think they would have learned. (laughs) My mom always said she had the largest group of only children she ever met. Interesting. We're all crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Besides quilting, what other crafts do you do or have you done? Started out as a preteen doing cross-stitch and crocheting. My maternal grandmother got into decorative painting. My mom was a spectacular, an award-winning seamstress could sew all of our clothes, my father's suits. Easter time, we were all dressed alike. I had a hard time sewing a button. (laughs) (laughs) Macrame, decorating my apartment, trash to treasures. I love driving down the road and catching a glimpse of something and put it in reverse and go, ooh, <laughs> and a couple weeks later, be smiling because look what I've got. I really believe in reducing our footprint on the environment. So, anytime I can recycle or reuse existing items, I do. I promote it that way. Do you have any other hobbies? I love to garden. Mostly flower garden, but love to garden, dancing. I'm fortunate to have a family of fur babies. I have two puppy girls that keep me very entertained outside. And my sweet kitty, Jackson. (laughs) Outside of that, most of it is volunteer work. Where do you volunteer? The local ambulance and fire company. I'm on county associations, president of our local fire chiefs association. I have sat on the regional EMS council now for 19 years. Besides being involved with a couple different quilt guilds. Tell me about who introduced you to quilting. You will love this. (laughs) I'm in the hospital. I have pneumonia. My EMS partner stopped at the hospital gift shop to get me a craft magazine to read. He came up to my room with the February 1995 American Patchwork magazine. Had hand applique hearts on the front. And so here you go. I said, what's this? Craft magazine. Yeah, all right. So for the next four days, I read that magazine, frontwards, backwards. It opened up a new world. 
I went home and tried to follow the pattern for the hand applique hearts. Couldn't figure it out. Asked someone and found my way to a quilt shop. I went in on a snowy day. The owner was there making a shop sample. I showed her the magazine and what I was trying to do. She sat me down and for the next two hours, she taught me. She wouldn't take any money. It was wonderful. I took my first class at a local church three months later, and I was off to the races. Wow. Pretty cool. Uh-huh. Describe your favorite quilt. I have two. My very first quilt that I made was a nine-block log cabin. Eleanor Burns quilt in a day. I went to this church with the thought I was going to make a pillow. And my instructor said, we don't do pillows here. Get cutting. (laughs) (laughs) And I left eight and a half hours later with this quilt sewn, tied, the binding sewn on the front of it, and half of it already stitched to the back. Wow. Well, she was a bit of a drill instructor, too, you know. (laughs) When I needed unsewing, (laughs) she did it because she was much more proficient at it while she had me continue on. That was awesome. My next quilt was a king-size trip around the world. I do like challenges. (laughs) (laughs) King-size. Yep. Well, you... Got to go from one end to the other. My second favorite quilt was a quilt retreat challenge to use a ugly fabric fat quarter. And you were given the ugly fat quarter. And I got a putrid green <laughs> with green, yellow, and pink polka dots. And I looked at them like they were nuts. And they just laughed. (laughs) They knew it was all the things I hated. And I designed the quilt from start to finish myself. I had a blast. I learned how to look at fabric significantly different. And I won first prize at the retreat. How fun. (laughs) Well, obviously, those aren't your favorite colors. But do you lean toward a certain color palette? I enjoy pinks, blues, and greens. Pinks, blues, and greens. Hmm. I'm trying to picture, do you use those together or separate? No, I often use them together. I'm not especially into jewel tones. I'm more likely to use pastels. I stay closer to tone-on-tones or solids. I'm not yet a modern quilter, but some of the designs that are coming out these days are changing my mind. (laughs) Do you have a favorite tool to work with in your quilting? A hand sewing needle. With that, I can do everything I love. I love hand needle turn applique. 
I love fusible applique with the buttonhole applique stitches. I love hand embroidery, hand quilting, hand piecing. So if I have a hand sewing needle and a piece of fabric, I can keep myself entertained for quite a while. Wow. And you don't have to be in a specific place for that either. Nope. I really got into the portable. I used to do a lot of traveling for work and would get caught in the oddest places where there were construction jobs and they're out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I regularly had small projects that were in my purse, in my briefcase, in my car. And once we were going out at a very large barn fire in the middle of a winter night. And at some point, it's just all about just putting water on the fire. The barn can't be saved. You're just looking to protect the other structures. Well, I knew we'd be gone for hours and hours. And I'd be sitting in the officer seat of a fire truck doing absolutely nothing. So I grabbed my little project out of my purse. (laughs) And the guys were like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, I am a girl, you know. Oh, (laughs) they were so used to seeing me fixing a motor or doing this or doing that. I'm over there with needle and thread. Blew their minds. Tell me about your favorite part of the quilting process. Designing. And I love the binding. I will do almost anything not to have to sit at my sewing machine and piece. I find it tedious. I expect perfection. So if it's even off a little bit, I'll take it back out and redo it. Doing things by hand give me so much more satisfaction. And right now I have so many designs, so many ideas in my head. I just don't think I'm going to get a chance to make them all. Isn't it fun seeing that design come out of your head and into a quilt? And I can't tell you how often I'm surprised (laughs) when it actually works. It's like, dang. (laughs) Yep, I tend to impress myself. (laughs) I didn't think that was going to come out. Okay. Do you have a worst quilting experience? Only one. Only one bad quilting experience. I had designed my first pattern up in the mountain. It is a twin size quilt that had 15 inch embroidered blocks in the center of different scenes from Adirondack Life. Gorgeous. And I handed it off my first experience, someone else machine quilting it for me, because to that point I had done all hand quilting. And I gave it to a very well-known machine quilter. And she had it for an extended period. And I would check on it periodically. And three months later, I went to go pick it up. 
and it was shoved in a bag and took my money and basically, here's your hat, what's your hurry, showed me the door. And I went to the quilt guild. We had a Saturday session and took it there, opened it up. Everyone was so excited to see this person's work that was always spectacular. And we all stood there and I started to cry. The quilting had not been done by her. There was no quilting, no tack down of any kind in the embroidery blocks. So they were very puffy. And you couldn't have put any more quilting into the borders. They were flat. But the worst part was, is that the edges of the quilts had gotten caught in like the little sprockets. And when it got taken off, I had jagged edge cuts and rips around the entire border of the quilt. And people much more experienced in machine quilting than I looked at it and they were like, oh my gosh, what the heck happened? It was terrible. Mm. And so I tried to talk to the quilter who told me a perfect job had been done when clearly it hadn't. I didn't know enough to argue with it. And I spent the next month with six of my closest friends taking out every single quilting stitch Mm -hmm. and repaired the job on the borders because it actually went into a couple of the blocks and I didn't have a lot of fabric and put it back together and then held it for a year because I was afraid to have anybody else machine quilted. The person who ultimately quilted did a spectacular job and I sent her my work for the next few years. Well, you said on the border that it was so tight. Did it leave hole marks or whatever when it was finally finished? Could you tell that it had been done before? Not too much. I was able to replace some parts of it. Other parts, I went back with little itty-bitty embroidery stitches just to kind of cover it up. It was a plaid, so I was able to mimic the plaid with my hand stitching. Okay. Make it look better. Wow. Why do you make quilts? To have peace. EMS and fire can be very stressful work. Teaching these subjects has a lot of responsibility. You need to decompress. I found myself coming home from calls in the middle of the night and needed to calm down before I could go back to sleep. I make quilts now for my business, occasionally for friends or family, but mostly for fundraising. I do quite a bit with our local veterans services, animal rescue, my puppy girls, and my sweet kitty. I've been an artist with a couple different of the uh, animal rescue groups. Kind of giving back. Yeah. 
What are you working on right now? I am completing my first book, Holiday Stitches, which is a combination of hand embroidery and or quilting projects for Christmas. I'm starting a new block of the month next week. And I have started a new series called Postcard Patterns. In all of the quilt shops, we see little pretty postcards, gorgeous pictures on the front and directions on the back. You don't tend to see that with embroidery. And if you do, it might be more along the lines of primitive. My hand embroidery, Poppy Girl Designs, is mostly red work in color with some dimension. So I fill in spaces. It's not just outlined. So these postcard patterns have full-size patterns on the back. And they're meant to be something that's portable, that can be fun to do, whimsical. I use contemporary subjects, contemporary colors, styles. I have more Christmas patterns than anything (laughs) else. Yeah, the postcard patterns have been very well received. Great. I'm wondering if I see a theme here. You would love to do Christmas patterns and your favorite memory was around Christmas. So I'm wondering if that ties together. It does. There are a lot of difficulties in having such a large family. And some of my best memories are Christmas. And to be honest, I think about Christmas (laughs) (laughs) year-round. And I have been told by two different coaches, you have to spread out. And I've taken that to heart. But I see Christmas as being a time of love and of joy. One of the reasons I love the Advent calendar, even when I'm so busy, you know, worked all day, taught at night, taking the few moments to stand in front of the calendar and to take out an ornament and put it on, it allows you some time to think about the meaning of the season where people are more important than things. Mm -hmm. Right? More important to have dinner with people you like than to buy them stuff. Yeah. And it was one way to keep myself grounded as an adult, not to lose the childlike wonder of the season, that it's meant to be a time when you can find as much good in the world as you possibly can. I have this little tradition Before Thanksgiving, I'll go to the local Barnes and Noble and I will spend an hour or two looking through all their newest holiday books. And they usually have a couple tables and I will look for a Christmas book and I'll buy it. I'll take it home. And the day after Thanksgiving, I put up my advent calendar so that I'm all set. That same day, I will start reading a few pages each night of the Christmas book. 
And again, it's to reinforce the season, not to get lost on the list of everything you have to do, things you have to spend, but just to enjoy life. My best friend moved away in October, and I sent her a Christmas book. We both have the same book. Mm -hmm. And it was a way for us to stay a little connected. What a neat idea. I really miss her. So it was a fun way to say I miss you. Mm -hmm. Share a quilting tip. Have faith that if you want to do it, if you dream to do it, you really can do it. And you'll probably do it better than you expected. I always wanted to know how to hand applique. I loved Carol Armstrong's birds, gazillion pieces. My first hand applique was a seven-inch rose-breasted grosbeak that was supposed to have 80-some-odd wings and pieces. I taught myself I did some things too tight, and I had to add a bunch of feathers to cover up my mistakes. At show and tell next month at the Quilt Guild, I pointed out that I had made the mistake and had to add feathers to cover things up. One of the founders of the Quilt Guild sat in the front shaking her head. I'm feeling really weird. And she's like, you're crazy and you'll fit right in. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of 80 pieces, the pattern had 93 if anyone was keeping track. (laughs) Like anyone would count. (laughs) Well, you notice I didn't choose a six-piece item hand applique the first time. (laughs) That would have made sense. We can't do that. So, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Just cut yourself some slack and go for it. Mm-hmm. And then be proud that you did it. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd be here. And I got a vision of where I'm going. Just got to have faith. Describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby to a business either to your quilt shop or your puppy girl designs? When 9-11 happened, obviously life changed a great deal. I didn't get to go with my friends to New York City to help because I was still recovering from a heart attack I'd had a couple months earlier. The morning of 9-11, my husband informed me we were getting divorced. And two weeks later, the bank closed the construction company that I worked at. So I decided to do what I had wanted to do from my first quilt class, and that was to open a quilt shop. When my first teacher came to see the quilt shop, she said, everybody always says they're going to open a quilt shop. You're the first person I know to have done it. Same is true with Puppy Girl Designs. Prodding from friends who liked my work, was tired of what was available. Of course, I was caught between two worlds. There's the embroidery and then there's the quilting. And I liked them both, so I sought to combine them both. 
you don't see too much of that. Mm-hmm. And I find the older I get, the more I want things to be enjoyable. I want pretty. I want fun. Well, that was such a hard thing to go through in such a short time. I'm sure your quilt shop gave you a lot of peace and therapy in a way to get through all that. It did. It was an absolute blast. (laughs) Girls from my quilt shop helped me out immeasurably. They enjoyed it when I was writing checks for the UPS man and they were opening the boxes and not paying attention to packing lists and stuff. (laughs) If it hadn't been for the divorce, I think I would have kept going with the shop. That said, I'm thrilled with the direction I'm going in now. I enjoy presenting. I enjoy teaching. And most of all, I enjoy creating. Tell me how you felt when you first saw a pattern you designed made by someone else. I cried. Couldn't believe it. I just blubbered. (laughs) The best part of seeing someone else do my work, I said, my God, you did great. And she started to point out her mistakes. And I looked at her and she said, but all that said, I had a really fun time. That was cool. Mm -hmm. We can always find the mistakes, the hiccups. Mm -hmm. You can still find them in my work. But if it brings you joy, if you can't wait to show your best friend, look at what I did. Isn't this cute? It doesn't get any better than that. Tell me about how you came up with your puppy girl designs name. The original puppy girl was Heidi. Heidi came to me at age nine after Hurricane Katrina. And she stayed till just a few weeks before her 17th birthday. And during that time, I had a period when I was undergoing treatment for cancer. And the hours you spend in bed afterwards feeling yucky. She was right there with me. And that's when I really started doodling and creating things on paper. And she was my inspiration. We were inseparable. So she became the original puppy girl. Puppy girl Emma came to Heidi and I six months before Heidi left. She's another border collie, cute as a button. And then puppy girl Gabby came a year later. She was rescued from a puppy mill, knew nothing about people and couldn't walk because she'd spent so much time in her crate. Wow. She can run all over. I can't keep up with her. And she's the best snuggler. She gives the best kisses. (laughs) (laughs) Puppy girl designs. Neat. Mm Mm-hmm. The only bad thing is... I'm told is that when some people hear puppy girl designs, they don't know what it is or what I do. Yeah. I understand that. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> I did add a tagline, which I'm in the process of trademarking stitching for the modern soul with a needle and thread as an exclamation point. Oh, cute. So, as long as I keep the two of them together. 
they got an idea. <laughs> and where can people find your business? Well, we're on the web at puppygirldesigns.com. Facebook, it's Puppy Girl Lynn. Instagram, it's Puppy Girl Lynn 3. YouTube, under my name, Lynn Kane. We're getting there. <laughs> I'm currently doing the uh, Quilt Block Mania with Carolina Moore. I interviewed yeah. her. She's wonderful. <laughs> I can't wait to meet her in person and give her a hug. Is there anything else you wanted to share with me? This has really been a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Well, I so appreciate you visiting with me, and I've had a great time. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. So glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilter's Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>